0: Well, Razorback fans, it's a what if Wednesday, which we're going to have some fun with and some of the topics that you submitted as far as Razorback sports go going to dive into that as well as talk about the SEC schedule for the Arkansas Razorback basketball team getting released, not the dates, but the teams pretty fascinating stuff. We'll get to all of that here on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and welcome into the locked on razorbacks podcast i am your host john neighbors i am also the host of out of bounds you can catch every weekday afternoon from one to four on 1037 the buzz and 1037thebuzz.com hope everybody's having a wonderful wednesday as uh we're gonna keep it moving here on the podcast again coming up with some summer topics and i actually put out on twitter yesterday about what if Wednesday? Just kind of seeing what people would say and people who what they want to hear about when it comes to uh, the what if questions of Razorback Sports, and the amount of responses I got was incredible. So thank you for that. I was actually a little, little shocked of how many. Like I, only, I had over a hundred replies between Facebook and Twitter. So uh, great stuff. Keep that coming. There's a lot of things to think about, and uh, who knows? Maybe if I don't get to the questions you submitted today, give it time. Maybe I'll get into it. Uh, the next time that we uh, meet for a What If Wednesday. But really fascinating stuff and really appreciate everybody reaching out. And there were a few that I could have chose from. And there's a few that obviously got some likes more so than others and ones that people thought was a lot more interesting. And there's kind of two of them that really stood out to me. And they kind of, I'm going to say they go hand in hand, but more so just about uh, dealing with coaches and dealing with the football program since it's kind of themed. You know, let's talk about it. And one of them is, of course, the what if question. We'll start with this one. What if Brett Bielema was given one more year to coach the football team in 2018 instead of firing both him and Jeff Long, bringing in Chad Morris, which we know ended up being an absolute dumpster fire disaster. Like, what would have happened if they would have given him one more year? And I thought that that was a really good question because – that's one of those things to where it's been recent enough that you can have a, kind of an idea of what to look at or what to think about and what to really reach for when it came to just you know having him that one more year. So I started thinking about it. I'm like, okay, so let's break this down. Let's really dive into it. What if Brett Bielema was given one more year and he coached in 2018? Well, let's set the stage because we're going to assume that Jeff Long was still fired as athletic director. So he gets fired. And Hunter Yurichek ends up coming in as the athletic director. And with that is basically told to Bielma, hey, you got one year, which honestly, in hindsight, wouldn't have been the worst thing. Because let's be honest, as much as I didn't like and many of you didn't like Brett Bielma, I don't think there was any reason to believe he would have done any worse than Chad Morse. I don't think you could do any worse than what Chad Morse did. So, you know, maybe that's something that they should have done. But they would have basically said, hey, OK, you got one year, bud. You got know, one more year to get this turned around. And if you don't, you're out the door. Um, first off, I would think that Brett Bielema being the coach for one more year still would have had him get fired after 2018. I don't believe that he had the grasp of the program anymore. I don't believe that he was his heart was in it. I don't believe he was trying anymore. He mailed it in. But even despite of him mailing it in and assuming he kept the majority of his assistant coaches and everything, you still had some reasons to think that in 2018 you still could have won some games and maybe even possibly been in a bowl game with Brett Bielman was coach. If you still, and again, this is all just assuming that he would have kept all the assistants, assuming that you still had Danny Nose as your offensive coordinator, assuming that you still had uh, Rob Smith as your defensive coordinator. Just looking at all of those facts, what it would have looked like uh, had if he had stuck around. And I go back, honestly, to that 2018 schedule, which again, um, it's a deal where it's always going to be tough because you're in the SEC West. It would always have been a tough schedule if you're in the SEC West. So we all know that. But think about the non-conference games that Arkansas had that year. Eastern Illinois, Colorado State on the road, North Texas, and Tulsa. Now, you actually won two of those games anyways. You lost to Colorado State and North Texas. But here's the thing. Brett Bielma would not have lost those games. Just being honest, Brett if he was still the coach, would have won four games at least in the non conference. He would have won all those games. It was the easiest non conference you could have had. Now, looking at the rest of it, you would he wouldn't have beaten Auburn. Auburn was good that year, pretty good that year. And that was on the road. It's the first SEC game. AM, Chad Morris lost to him by a touchdown. But Brett Bilma always failed against AM. Always had a lead and always choked it away. There's no reason to believe it would have been different in that regard. So you would have lost to a You would have lost to uh, Alabama. You would have beaten Ole Miss in Little Rock. That was that year where it was the rain game, and our side hugely, Chad Morris blew it, but Brett Bielma had Ole Miss's number. Say what you want about the guy, but he could beat Ole Miss. So he would have won that game. I also believe he would have beaten Vanderbilt after the Tulsa game. He would have beaten Tulsa, but then beaten Vanderbilt at home. I think he would have won that game. And then they had LSU at home, where they ended up only losing by a touchdown. That was Ed Orgeron's year and. That one would have been a toss-up, like because both teams weren't that great, and we know Arkansas, you know, always did pretty well against LSU in certain circumstances. But the one thing Brad Bielma did not do well is he did not coach against Ed Orgeron well. He always lost Ed Orgeron and always lost big. So I think they would have lost that one. Then they went on the road to Mississippi State and lost fifty-two to six. They would have lost that one, and they probably would have lost at Missouri, just because Missouri was, a, I think, they were a six and six, seven and five team that year. They all it was at their place by that point in time. Everyone would have been just. Checking out completely. And there's that. So you're talking about the Razorbacks that year, if Brett Bielman would have been the head coach going six and six, you they would have won the four non conference games, they would have beaten Ole Miss, and they would have beaten Vanderbilt. So that would have put you into a bowl contention, probably ending up in, you know, Shreveport or something like that, or the, you know, the Birmingham Bowl, whatever. And I still believe that even going six and six, even those things happening, Brett Bielman still gets fired. He still get, loses his job. Hunter check after being a year into the program, I believe that he has his foot, feet in the ground, like he's got a little bit more of a grasp on the program. He's able to make the connections a little bit more. Maybe it was a little bit more forthcoming when it, or forth or forward-thinking when it came to who he was going to hire. If it didn't work out this way, you know, all those things put together. I believe that Hunter check would have figured it out, would have tried to make the right decision. And Fired, Brad Bielma, bringing in some other coach to step in. Now, I want to say this: that I'm happy with Sam Pittman. I think everyone's happy with Sam Pittman. Everyone's thrilled with Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman was the right man for the job. There's no doubt about it. But in 2019, if you fire him in 2018, Brett Bielma coming off of a six and six year, so essentially where you went, um, you went seven and five, four and eight, six and six. The program's still not looked upon favorably, but it's still considered to be a decent program and i think at that point in time and considering where some of the other jobs in the sec were opened up at that time in 2019 there really wasn't anything else you know Ole miss still had matt luke mississippi state was going into their second year with joe moorhead and orgeron was at lsu we know how great he was and going into that next year same thing with uh, florida with uh, they just you know they just hired dan mullen like the sec jobs were not just flying open and so my idea would be is that there would probably be two names, but one in particular and one coach that would actually would have ended up being the coach of Arkansas if all what we've talked about and all the things that we've brought up would have came came into play and, and would have happened in the way that we think. I believe Hunter Juracek, heading into the 2019 season, after firing Brett Bielma, would have hired Lane Kiffin. And I believe Lane Kiffin would have taken the job Immediately. And it's just amazing to think about if that would have happened. Because, again, we know that Arkansas and Hunter check were very interested in Lane Kiffin before they hired Pittman. But because of Jimmy Sexton and Lane Kiffin pulling some shenanigans, they are like, no, we're not playing these games. We're going to move on to somebody else. He goes to old Miss. So we know that there was for sure the interest. And we know for sure that Hunter check was willing to pull the trigger and bring in Lane Kiffin. So there's no reason for me to believe he wouldn't have done it in, in heading into the 2019 year. But think about what that would have been, where you get Lane Kiffin. And he, he brings in a staff and you're a check. Of course, we know how great of an athletic director he is, he's able to support him. That 2019 year, I, you know, I assume you probably still would have had either Ty Story or Cole Kelly, unless you went through the transfer portal to bring as one of your quarterbacks. You still would have had Scooter Harris, uh, which was a, you know, a fine linebacker. You still would have had Sosa game You still would have had, um, China great if he ended up playing or not playing or whatever. But would have had that. Maybe, maybe Rakeem Boyd. I know that he was more of a Chad Morris guy, but maybe Rakeem Boyd, you could have brought in. Um, but the point is, is like the the roster was not great, like it was not in good position. But who knows if you hire Lane Kiffin and he goes to the transfer portal and he ends up having great recruiting classes, also depends on who he hires in his coaching staff. Things really, you know, come together nicely, and it sets up for Arkansas to End up being successful in the SEC, possibly, and then we know the COVID year really screwed everything up. So, I I think that that would have happened. But here's the thing that, and like to kind of go back and or make it come full circle. Here's the thing about it is again, I'm happy with Sam Pittman, but with Lane Kiffin being at Arkansas, if he had a high level of success, he's he wouldn't be staying. He, he wouldn't be staying. He's not staying at Ole Miss. I don't care what anybody says. The second that he gets a bigger and better job offered to him, he's gone. That's the facts. He's gone. And so I think Arkansas would 100% be in that situation too, where even if he had a high level success, the Bama job came open or the LSU job came open or whatever, or what some just some big job came open, Texas, something like that. Uh, He would he would jump ship quick, fast, and in a hurry. And then you'd be back in the same position that you're in. And that's why Sam Pittman works out so perfectly is because you don't have to worry about that. Sam Pittman's doing a fine job, he's doing a great job, the best of jobs, if you will. And the fact that you don't have to worry about him going anywhere else and, and doing all that is really why it worked out for the best. It worked out for the best. I still believe Sam Pittman is going be to end up being a better coach than Lane Kiffin uh, In the end of the day because he had to take over a much more difficult situation has turned around in a, in a lot quicker manner. And uh, I think that knowing all the uh, coaching – assistant coaches that play – or coaching with Sam Pittman and seeing the amount of them that left under Lane Kiffin kind of shows you that maybe the uh, the – Benefits of coaching under Sam Pittman are a lot higher than would it be under Lane Given. So, all those things put together, I believe that's it, and I believe that's what would have happened if Brett Bielema would have stayed another year. Kind of went down a rabbit hole there, but that was just kind of the way I saw it. Want uh, to remind everybody: this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible to get your local chain parts auto parts store to stock all the parts you ever need. So, save time and money when it comes to using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 to 50 to 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every single customer. And they have a very easy-to-use website. So go to rockauto.com today and see all the parts they have available for your car truck and write locked on in the how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so uh, continuing on with our theme of what if Wednesday. Uh, this was another one that's again cuz we could have talked about coaches, but this was a smaller one that I thought was kind of interesting of uh you know things playing out in certain ways and so I wanted to do a little quick segment on this particular play cuz somebody asked um, what if Dan Skipper never tripped that AM player in 2014? And for those of you who don't remember, go back and watch that game and if you want to hear, have pain. Where Arkansas, just kind of set it up in case you don't remember, Arkansas had a two-touchdown lead uh, in the second half. I think it was late in the third quarter. Been in control the entire game. You had a, a fake punt for a touchdown there with uh, Sam Irwin Hill. Everything was going Arkansas's way. And, and Texas A&M was a, a top-ranked team. Uh, They were a team that uh, Johnny Manziel had just left, but he was on the sidelines there. I think it was Kenny Hill was the quarterback. But you really were starting to establish yourself as something. And there was a play then that third quarter where Jonathan Williams runs it nearly all the way, gets to like the three-yard line with Arkansas with the two-touchdown lead. And you would think, and just because of the way things have gone, that, hey, if Arkansas was able to punch it in right there and go up by three touchdowns, that ball game's over that ball game's over. That's the feeling you got. But what happened was on that particular play on that big run by Jonathan Williams, Dan Skipper, one of the offensive linemen got caught for tripping and caught and penalized for tripping, which was a 15 yard penalty. And I remember at the time I was there at the game. I was there in Arlington. I was in the press box and I'm like, I didn't even know tripping was a thing. I do now because of that stupid play. But I didn't even know tripping was a thing. I did not know that this was a penalty you could call on people. I did not know that that was something you could be, you know, like, how do you see that? Like, what is it? We never really even got a replay of it to see if it was truly tripping. So it was kind of one of those things where Razorback fans are a little skeptical of saying, okay, he may have done it, but we still don't know what it is that he did. And we don't know what it looked like because we never saw it. So did it actually happen? Because, again, tripping is like one of those calls that just – Never gets called anywhere else. Never, ever, ever gets called. But it did then. And so, as you know how the story went, Arkansas did not score a touchdown. AM and stormed back, scored two quick touchdowns, went to overtime, and Arkansas ended up losing there in overtime against AM. and And so I started thinking about that, too, when it was brought up. And I'm like, you know, would that game have changed the entire future of Razorback football? No. I don't think it would have. But could it have changed certain ways of how coaches were viewed or teams were viewed? Possibly. I think that if Arkansas would have won that game, you think about it, that would have put them at seven and five in that regular season, which I still believe they should have done better in seven and five. But they went six and six. They lost to Bama by one point that year. They lost to the number one team, Mississippi State, with Dak Prescott by a touchdown on the road. Um, the only teams that really got beat by was Auburn at the first game of the season, which was crap that they had to play on the road the first game of the season, and then. Uh, they got beat by Georgia pretty handedly in Little Rock because, you know, that's what happens. Uh, and they also were only lost to Missouri by, I think, like uh, a, a one possession. I know it was close. They had a lead in that one, too, but Brandon Allen was hurt. And so uh, they ended up – man, my nose itches, sorry. Um, They ended up having uh, – I think it was – I have to go back and look. But anyways, it was a one-possession game. I know that. So you're talking about Arkansas – was this close to going 10 and two as crazy it is. Like you, you think about like if they scored 14 more points in that season, they go 10 and two, like they were that close to doing it. And so if they would have beaten AM though, I'm wondering, you know, that type of, that type of win, that type of statement. And especially if he ended up holding that 21 point lead, what that would have done for confidence, what that would have done for, for, for everything. Cause that was also when you're on a long losing streak in sec play. You hadn't won a game since 2012 against Kentucky. So you went all 2013 without a win. And then you had gone into 2014 without a win. So you're still looking for it. But if they would have beaten AM, you know what what the confidence would have been like getting into that Alabama game? Would they have been even higher than what it was? Would they have won? Could have. And then you think about that Mississippi State game. You think about because they ended up beating LSU and Ole Miss back to back weeks at home, shutting both of them out, 17 to nothing and 30 to nothing, respectively. But if you think about if that would have been able to turn on some confidence and give the team uh, you know better performances and better you know feelings about going up against certain teams. Again, they could have beaten Bama that year. Who ended up winning the SEC and playing in the national championship game or in the college football playoffs? What Brett Bama would have become? It would have taken a lot longer for him to get fired. I think it would have. Who knows? Maybe he would have left. You know, he never couldn't could have passed old Bert. But that's one of those things that like that play that it changed the entire future of Razorback football. It maybe could have it indirectly. It changed it, but it gave the potential to where the team could have really turned it around and start feeling good about themselves and really ended the season. Well, so that was another good one that I wanted to to respond to. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all betting sports needs and info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and major league baseball. BetOnline continues to be your number one source for all sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net is the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. So head to BetOnline.net, being the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions right now at BetOnline.net, where the game starts. You are locked on Razorbacks. Your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so uh, final segment here uh, that uh, I wanted to bring up and something that actually is not What If Wednesday, but I feel like it was news enough and worthy enough to to talk about. Uh, Today, the Razorback basketball team, or just the SEC in general, had their SEC schedule, their SEC opponents, should say, Put out where we don't know the dates, we don't know the times, don't know anything like that, but we know who Arkansas is playing in the SEC and where they're going to be playing them. And just to kind of give a, a breakdown of, of how it sets up, first off, let me just say I love this. I love this schedule. This is exactly what you would want, um, especially if you're a team that's like Arkansas, that's going to be top five, final four driven, all of that. This is exactly what you want. So your home games this year, Alabama which you actually uh, – I'll just okay, yeah, I'll just go through the home games and go through the road games. Alabama, which, by the way, Alabama is going to be a really good team and improved team this year too. They had a great recruiting class. They're going to have high aspirations, and we know how Muss and NATO spill each other. So Alabama, you get at home. Florida, you get at home. Georgia, you get at home. Kentucky, you get at home. That's big time. That is huge because we know how much fun that was last year. You get them at home again. LSU, you always get them at home. Ole Miss, you get at home, Mississippi State, you get at home, Missouri, you get at home, as always, and AM, you get it home as always. So you're talking about eight, uh, nine games there where you could go undefeated. I think you could. Like some reason they always struggle against AM, which is really annoying because I hate that. Uh, but I, I think Arkansas has a very like some of their toughest games are at home, and that's that's big. But on the road, here's what you got at Alabama. So home and home with the Crimson Tide, that's awesome. Auburn on the road—that's tough to go into the jungle or whatever they call it. Ooh, the toughest place in basketball—it's not close. Uh, but Auburn, I think, is going to be—they're going to be good, but they're not going to be as good as what they were last year. You get Kentucky on the road, so you got to go to Rupp, which is always fun. It's the way God intended to have these two teams play as much as often as possible. Of course, you go to LSU and to Missouri, you go to South Carolina, you go to Tennessee, which they're going to be a good team too—they always are. To A and M, and then to Vanderbilt. So, as far as scheduling goes. To me, that, that's as good as you could ask. Like, you're not going to get Kentucky twice every single year, but you do get them twice this year. Bama's going to be a good team You get them twice this year. The only time that you really – like, Tennessee and Auburn are the only teams that you have to play on the road that you going to get a home trip against. But I think both teams are going to be – they're still going to be good. Again, good teams, but they're not going to be as good as what they were last year. In fact, the only teams that I'm looking at in the SEC that I feel like will be better than what they were last year, Arkansas for sure is one of those teams. I think Arkansas is going to be a better team than what they were last year. Them, Alabama, A and M possibly, and Kentucky. Like those are the only teams I think could potentially could be better than what they were last year. Now Kentucky was really good too, and Arkansas was really good, but they could potentially be better. But everybody else, I think it's going to be worse. I think Ford is going to be worse with their new coach. It's going to take some time. Georgia with Mike White as their coach. I mean, I, I mean, it may not be worse, but they're not going to be much improved. LSU's tr- just. They got all types of horrible things going on there. Ole Miss is a non-factor. Mississippi State's a non-factor. Vanderbilt's a non-factor. Missouri's a non-factor. Um, Yeah, I just I just don't see any reason why that SEC schedule doesn't set up favorably for Arkansas, which we know it's tough, so I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, I see an 18-0, no problem. But, I mean, I don't see any games on that schedule that I say is a for-sure loss either. At Bama, at Kentucky will be tough, but... I could see them winning those. Arkansas is going to be talented enough. They're going to be good enough, so maybe they can make that happen. But uh, I like the schedule. I really like it, and I like it for Arkansas basketball. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNabors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.